afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of things to look at when it comes to this market today. Believe it or not, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but a, a snowstorm per se causes a, a little scuffle and a delay in program information coming from the USDA. But more importantly, China. And it has a lot to do with their ethanol program, that ethanol mandate by 2020. What is this all going to mean to our markets? This on the heels of a big signing that's going to be taking place next week. So we are going to get all the details today from Arlen Suderman, FC Stone. I think, Arlen, first of all, let's start out there with China. They're scrapping their ethanol program. What does that mean for us here in the States? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, we never were convinced that they were really bought into their ethanol program. I think it's something that uh, our lobbyists over there did a good job of convincing them to do. It required some subsidies on their part. We haven't been able to nail down those subsidies, but we speculate it was uh, somewhere north of a billion dollars a year equivalent that they were putting into the program. And it was to have a 10% ethanol blend in place by 2020. Um, the infrastructure simply wasn't being built. There were a number of plants built. They were producing ethanol. And in, when this program was initiated, that's really when the problem started with uh, us exporting DDGs to them. We, we were exceeding six billion, excuse me, six million metric tons of ethanol shipments to China per year back in 2015. And that was making it more difficult for them to get going with their ethanol program domestically. So they put on the anti-dumping and countervailing duties on our ethanol and essentially shut down shipments of U.S. ethanol there as they could get their ethanol industry developed. It never really got off the ground, and the mandate was by 2020. Lo and behold, we're at 2020. They're making subsidies they don't like. They're facing the embarrassment of telling people we weren't able to uh, to fulfill the mandate and get everything going. And they've just signed an agreement with the United States to buy $40 billion worth of agricultural products per year. Well, they announced overnight that they were scuttling their, or getting rid of, or dropping their mandate, ethanol blending mandate program uh, for 2020, and they used the excuse that corn stocks were getting too tight, so it was a threat to food security. So that kind of gives confirmation to what we've been saying is their corn reserve's not that big. We think it's down to about 2 billion bushels, probably around 2.2 billion bushels. Very small compared to where it once was. And so uh, an indication they were going to have to start importing a lot of corn just to try to meet their ethanol mandate, but they didn't have the infrastructure to do it, even though they were subsidizing. So... We followed that up with a story from JCI China, which is the largest ag advisory service in China. And we have not been able to confirm this with official government sources, but JCI China saying today that China, that the government there in China is going to drop the countervailing duties and anti-dumping duties on U.S. DDGs. That would be expected to open the door for big shipments of U.S. DDGs to China once again. So... Could it be that China simply says, why are we subsidizing a program we don't really believe in? Let's let buyers buy ethanol from the United States and buy DDGs from the United States. We'll drop our subsidies and we'll get credit toward the $40 billion. Is that what's going on? 
I don't know. It certainly looks like it, and maybe we'll soon find out uh, once we get the agreement signed next week. The big question, I mean, obviously, as we look at this agreement next week, we already know that they're going to be arriving on the 13th. What happens, I'm playing the devil's advocate, though, what happens if something changes and they don't come next week? Are we going to have a pullback in this market trade? Somebody asked me earlier today, what big thing, is there possible there's a big thing that could stop the signing from taking place? I said, that's always the case with China, that some could scuttle it. Um, and, And that's still possible. What I see happening, though, despite many obstacles, is everything still moving forward. And both sides seem to be in agreement that it is done, that it's going to happen. And uh, so I fully expect the signing to take place on the 15th. Well, it's definitely going to be interesting as we watch this continue to unfold when it comes to the ethanol industry, DDGs in China. But as you look at the markets today from an ethanol perspective, was there much of a reaction to the discussion? Really not. Um, There really wasn't. Ethanol prices are lower again, and I think that's just the skepticism overall in the market uh, that will this agreement mean anything? Um, Greg Dowd, who you know, who is uh, the top negotiator for agriculture uh, with the U.S. Trade Representative's office, um, made some comments to AgriPulse that anyone who doesn't believe that they can do $40 billion in uh, U.S. Uh, ag product purchases really fails to understand the amount of changes in phytosanitary and sanitary and essentially non-tariff policies that have been changed in this 86-page agreement. He's very convinced that it can happen. In fact, he says by the middle of the year with the the Phase 1 trade agreement and with USMCA and the agreement with Japan, we should be seeing a notably different environment in agriculture. So he, he gives, he's very optimistic. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens. Well, before we had to break, you and I were kind of chuckling about this, and maybe it's our Midwestern values and our life when it comes to snow. But yesterday there was a predicament of some snow issues, and the USDA and all the government offices were closing early. But now that's a pushback to a USDA report because of it? Yeah, absolutely. No no export sales. The weekly export sales report typically comes out on Thursday mornings. It's going to be delayed to Friday, the same day as the WASD crop report, um, so that USD employees have time to fill it out. It's going to make for some interesting uh, Friday markets, that's for sure. Stick around, folks. We do have more coming up as we continue with the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Suderman continues to join us with FC Stone. Did have a listener question, and I have it written down, so I'm going to read it exactly as they sent it to me. Arlen, they're wondering, is the political talks making national news with the current issues with Iran having any effect that we're seeing on our markets? They certainly did on Friday and Monday and and to start this week. And the biggest impact was it creates uncertainty. How would Iran respond? We now know that response. And so then the question shifted, what will be the U.S. response to the Iranian response? Uh, What the markets are concerned about is something that escalates into something that 
restricts or threatens movement of commodities on freighters around the world or something like that, such as terrorist activities, um, and something that slows the global economy to reduce demand for commodities. The Iranian response was really quite measured from the standpoint of what the possibilities were against military bases. No U.S. personnel, fortunately, were hurt, or I should say casualties. Uh, I don't know about injuries, but uh, no casualties uh, from the attack. Then we look to President Trump's response. The markets really liked his response, saying that... uh, we're going to respond to that with more economic sanctions rather than military. And so it's seen as strength through restraint. Um, the outside markets particularly like that, taking the equities and new record highs. Had it been negative and he had said we're going to have a military response, I think that would have added to the negativity in the grains and the like and the eggs overall. Since he didn't do that, yeah, it was positive, but it generally just allowed the traders to refocus on Friday's USDA crop report and see what those numbers are, since that's a a report known for its surprises. Jump over to what we're seeing then on the livestock side, African swine fever. It just is taking a hold of Bulgaria. It really is. Another 40,000 pigs were cold uh, from another outbreak there. This is, what, the second one in a week. I think the first one cold 24,000 pigs. And, and basically the problem is continuing to spread in Eastern Europe. And, uh, uh, in fact, we've had some cases knocking on the door just like a 25 miles away from Germany previously reported in recent weeks as well. Uh, Germany being one of the major exporters of pork to China. So it is continuing spread, continuing to get very serious um, in in many parts of the world and uh, not any indication at all that we've gotten any progress in trying to stop it. Uh, Talking with our people from China, uh, one of my staff members just returned from there uh, and uh, just kind of confirming it is still a big problem. We have some commercial firms that are doing a good job. They can afford the very intense biosecurity measures, and so they are expanding, and we're even talking about farms with a million hogs. Um, So that is happening. On the other hand, uh, we're seeing continued new outbreaks that aren't being reported by the government kind of offsetting that. Um, Things have kind of reached a balance now with pork prices, fresh pork prices basically double, but rationing a lot of demand. Um, and so that means that the supply of what they are able to do, produce plus imports is equal to justify a doubled pork price. Uh, and so we're looking to see if they increase those imports even more to try to bring those pork prices and therefore food inflation back down to more ma- uh, manageable levels. We know that they've got to be able to feed their people, so that just adds to the pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to be real interesting. One of the focuses is the Lunar New Year holiday. It's a week-long holiday in China. It starts on the 25th of this month, and that's when people travel to see family and friends. And if they're unhappy with how things are going, that's where they do a lot of talking, and that will certainly be a time of nervousness in the Chinese government. We're seeing some consolidation in the cattle as we wait for the cash to develop. Uh, we are. We saw a few cattle move uh, at 124 in Kansas this week. Uh, not many, but that would suggest steady on the week. The online exchange failed to see any move, but turning down bids at 125. Um, so um, it, the general thinking right now is maybe steady cash, and the board for February is already above 126. 
so fits pretty well. Um, so just kind of consolidating and, and waiting again to see. The Packer margins have really shrank away. Uh, they had been massive, that, and they've kind of pretty much evaporated. So a little bit of fear in there that the Packers may start slowing the chains, improve the product prices, improve their, their margins once again. And, you know, we look at the way these cattle have been as of late. Is there any concern in, in the sense because weather has been so decent that we've got some heavier cattle out there? Certainly so. That's one thing we're going to be watching is those cattle weights. Uh, might mention the export data, <clears throat> excuse me, that came out yesterday. Pretty encouraging on pork exports. Um, we saw pork exports for, to China become our number one customer nine times what they were last year and not topping Mexico. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? INTLFCStone.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.